0: Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode.
1: With you here in the studio tonight though it's Ian Peakless Mountaineer and the Reverend Captain Kickass. We have Dave Ridley on the line from ridleyreport.com. Go ahead, Ridley.
0: Dave.
1: Hey, well, I
2: wanted to bounce an idea off of you guys uh It's kind of uh, speculative, but eventually, this is something that probably will happen to us. Uh, uh, By us, I mean the New Hampshire independence movement.
1: Okay, what about it?
2: So uh, I was uh, reading up uh, the Wikipedia article on Daniel Miller from TeXit, which is probably the 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 strongest independence movement in the United States right now, trying to get Texas loose from the union. Uh, And the Wikipedia claimed that that, uh, TeXit, you know, one or more TeXit people had visited Russia. Okay, and um, th- there was also you know some connection with Russia with uh, with CalExit uh, because one of the CalExit guys moved to Russia. Yeah, that's so, right. Uh, yeah so let's imagine what you know what do we do if somebody from the Russian government contacts us right what's the appropriate way to to
0: handle that well obviously somebody first... from NH exit needs to move to Russia just to keep everything sort of the status quo <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> to keep up with the Joneses
1: <laughs> well what are they contacting us for like what is yeah, the like... goal of them contacting us
2: well they contacted the texit people and the california people i'm mm-hmm. assuming because they love the idea of not having a united federal government to oppose them right so mm-hmm. it, you know it's in their selfish selfish interests the beijing government will probably do the same thing to you know start trying to do the same thing inside the united states at some point and that's a sticky situation because i don't like those governments either so uh mm-hmm. i think a, a, an appropriate way to handle something like that and again this is not that hypothetical because it's already happened to texit so um I think the appropriate way to handle something like that is to refuse to go if you you were invited to some kind of meeting in Russia or something like that or refuse to meet with any of these people uh, unless they provide some kind of concession, like releasing a political prisoner or something along those lines. Mm. This worked out really well for Jesse Jackson in the 80s and in 1999 during the Kosovo War. Mm. Um, So he was able to he popped over to Lebanon and got a U.S. pilot released after the pilot after the pilot had bombed Beirut. Thank I you like
0: covered. your idea. I hadn't thought of that myself and I really like the hey, I you know, try and get something out of it. Yeah, that's uh, the, a nice idea. The other thought that I had was uh, you know, if, if uh, I don't know, like you know, if they came to free talk live they'd be like hey, captain, do you want to, you know, go to Russia and have a meeting with the Russians or something. I'd be like sure as long as I can broadcast it all on the internet uncensored.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this has sort of come up in the past previously when we had discussed like adam kokash who at one time was on the russia today channel and sure, he was yeah. a host adam uh, had the his man own show, his show yeah. mm-hmm. on there for i don't know more than a year i thought yeah, feels I think like two years couple or years and uh and you know the question came up if the russians wanted to sponsor the show or whatever because russia today by the way does have a uh, radio division called sputnik sputnik news and they actually last time i checked had maybe like four or five radio stations in the united states that they are leasing they don't own the stations but they're able to they're like you know little am stations that no one cares about uh that the owner doesn't care about and he's willing to lease it to the highest bidder and so the russians come in and they they pay whatever it is that the owner wants them to pay and they get 24 7 programming uh ability on these stations and you know i have approached that organization in the past to see if they would be willing to carry free talk live i don't care i'm happy to be on on their air as many as we can be uh, on Yeah, it, too. it wouldn't bother me but then the you know then the question became well what what if they wanted to sponsor the show would you take what is ultimately blood money right like if it's coming from a government right yeah. even even if it is for the purposes of spreading our message is it wrong to accept the money from these people is the enemy of the enemy, our enemy, yeah, our friend. friend uh, right. In this case, yeah. what do you think, Ridley?
2: Not sure. Yeah. Uh, I haven't get that. Haven't given that one as much thought.
1: Yeah. But
2: I mean, I think there's also this Swiss concept, though, that you do business with everybody. Uh, it's kind of a dying concept, even in Switzerland now. But I, I really, you know, like I used to, I, I had a trading partner of sorts. Uh, who worked for Manchester City Hall, right? He he worked as a guard there, and we'd buy him, you know, and buy stuff from him. He had made these really cool little disaster kits and stuff like that. And I didn't have first qualm about paying him something for a service, right? That mm-hmm. had nothing to do with his city city work. Um, but like, what I want a city to pay me, uh, I think I'd be pretty uncomfortable with that, or with, with uh, you know, foreign government the same way
0: politicians say a whole lot of things sure they do yep you can't trust him right and so in like i have to take what this guy says in this video that i watched of him mm. calling out the banks and you know calling out you know the the free markets and you know not calling out but like uh you know rallying for free markets and uh attack you know ending taxation or at least lowering it and that kind of stuff like politicians say a lot of things and if i don't even believe uh, US politicians when they sort of start saying these kinds of things mm-hmm. why on earth should i
1: believe a guy in some other country well, saying these kinds of things presumably i think the answer to that would be and i don't i i have not done the research on this i don't know where i would start to do the research on this but presumably since he has been i believe since 2021 mm-hmm. in the actual Hall of Representatives or yeah, Assemblymen Chamber or whatever. Deputies. Is that what it's called? Yep. Uh, he's been a deputy, so presumably, like Ron Paul, he should have a voting record. So at the very least, you should be able to look and see, okay, did he actually vote for a uh, smaller government? Did he vote to abolish X, Y, or Z? Right. What kind of bills did he put forward, if that is indeed something he has the ability to do? That is different from your typical politician who has no track record that is just trying to get put into office. At least you could say— Yeah, this guy does what he says he's going to do, or at least so far has done what he says he's going to do. And like we've had, uh, recently we had Aaron Day on this show. The presidential candidate uh, from the Republican side who's actually a pro-liberty individual and a free stater. Yes, Uh, he he has uh, something,
0: uh, I think, pinned to his Twitter that was called uh, the Bank Run Manifesto, something along those lines. Mm. Uh, And so uh, compared to every other presidential candidate right i'm way more on board with the
1: stuff he says i'm loving some of the stuff he says he mm. said re- he's been saying recently this is the least important election of your lifetime. He <laughs> keeps saying that. It's so funny. Nice. Because, you know, they always say it's the most important. But every two years, every, it's the most every important election, election, is- election. Well, to be fair, they keep getting more and more power, so it kind of technically is. Well, and he also says he doesn't care if you vote for him. What he wants you to do is do this run on the banks right. thing, is pull your, mm. you know, at least some of, if not all of your money, out of the, the banking system. He's shooting to get 3% of Americans to participate in this cuz you don't have to have all of them to crash the system you right. just a small minority could so, be enough
0: so he in and of himself recently posted a video by Joshua Smith who apparently has announced himself for a candidate as president as a libertarian as well, as candidate. libertarian candidate yeah. and we can't play the video audio here mm-hmm. online because he you know violates the fcc okay. in his video but like Here's another political candidate saying a bunch of things that sound good to me as an anarchist, a voluntarist. uh, And then also saying, hey, if you don't vote for me, check out this other guy, which politicians don't normally do. So he's breaking convention regarding politicians, but it's still like you're still a politician. You know, like, yeah, yeah, at the end of the day, you're saying a bunch of stuff. To cater to your listeners, your audience, if you will, your your voting demographic have a
1: podcast, right?
0: Mm -hmm. And and so so with within that, he's kind of doing
1: the same thing that other politicians do. Is just pandering to your audience. Well, I mean, the Libertarian Party's got to have a candidate. And I don't know if he's gonna be the best one that is in the race. Uh he's certainly got the guy who did Jeremy Kaufman's video. Yeah. Uh the video work for Jeremy Kaufman for listeners that may not recall. He ran as a libertarian candidate for U.S. Senate here and in Kaufman's New Hampshire. His videos were outstanding. And his videos were really remarkable. They were and really hilarious. funny. They had a yeah, right. Good sense of humor, well edited, really pro level video work. That same guy's name's Dan Smots. He was hired by Josh Smith to do his video work. It seems like, as I understand it, so he's going to bring that same level of quality to the table. But ultimately, he still has to go to the Libertarian National Convention next, I think, May, yeah and then compete against God knows how many other well, uh, libertarians. And it to, would be uh, really it.
0: nice if the LP National Party would, you know, for once, put forth oh, a I don't real, know, an actual yeah. libertarian, like a, a real principled libertarian. person. Yeah. Like this is the problem with politics though is that no matter how hard you try to to join it from the inside and make a change it's nearly impossible because the system itself is based on corruption.
1: Yeah, and no, this it's is true for for
0: the organization type known as government
1: around the world. It's really disgusting to be involved in politics a lot of the time. I mean Right now, I'm particularly turned off by the fact that there's so many supposed Liberty reps, as they're called here in New Hampshire. These are people who, many of them score in the A range. Like, they get an A on the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance yearly scorecard. Mm -hmm. Uh, They get a grade from them based on how they vote on issues. They will score as A-rated reps. And yet, some of these people are supporting Ron DeSantis for president, and it's- Like, it doesn't make sense to me. You cannot, how you can, on one hand, purportedly believe in individual liberty and personal freedom, be a free state project participant, have moved here, migrated here as part of a libertarian migration, and yet back a psychopath who is talking about shooting people to death on the border who try to cross uh, if they're quote unquote cartel members, how you would know one right immigrant from a cartel member i well, don't pe- know these people are making this
3: decision based purely on the symbolism i mean it's not a matter of what he's going to do what his policies are anything like that or even where he's been what he's done it's he is a symbol of not locking down
1: but apparently what's going to happen in a couple months is the general election will occur and if you don't win by i believe I think you have to win by at least 40%, although I've heard 50% reported as well, so okay. a fairly high uh, margin in a what is it going to be a three-way race. If you do not reach that particular level, if no candidate reaches that level, they will eliminate the last candidate, and then it will be a runoff in another couple weeks or a few weeks after that between the top two candidates. Uh, okay. So that's how that's going to play out. I, I will
0: say the, the one video of him that I watched, and it appeared to be... Uh, like a television interview probably uh, i don't know 15 20 minutes it was probably edited from the original content or whatever mm-hmm. but from what i saw the dude is a very passionate speaker yeah like he he emotes everything like he, he feel like you get the feeling that he's feeling the pain when he speaks mm-hmm. now is this acting i don't know Because that's what actors do,
1: Mm, right? He is apparently an
0: economist.
3: Yeah, so so you were asking, like, why should I trust him? And, okay, fair question. But up until six years ago, he was just a macroeconomics teacher in, and mind you, an anti-Keynesian, anti-Marxist economics Mm. teacher in Argentina. Mm. So he was already on board with the Austrian economics? Yeah. Yeah, dude's already been on board with the Austrian economics for a really long time. Then, like six years ago, he gets into politics at all. Uh, like their their libertarian party is only five years old. Wow. Yeah. So like, it it has existed for five years almost now, and suddenly he's you know the number one candidate that people are are voting for for the nomination. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I get the skepticism, but my my expectations is assassination by the CIA. That's really well, what, what I think is going to end up here. And then you'll know that I was right. That that <laughs> right. or he wins, right? I
0: mean, he could lose and nothing could happen, I suppose. But I I would hope that this type of a message, maybe it's a sign, I don't know, that like this message, the message of freedom, the message of... Uh, actual economics, you mm-hmm. know, where two plus two equals four and, oh, supply and demand is really supply and demand, not this voodoo that we have with the status government, the Keynesian philosophies, mm-hmm. right? Uh, maybe
1: it's just you can't stop. An idea whose time has come. Maybe it is time. And that time is definitely closer in Argentina because of the economic circumstances mm-hmm. the people of Argentina are in oh, right yeah. now with over 100 percent inflation, inflation. Yeah. on a yearly basis. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I, sorry,
0: I, I read that somewhere and I'd forgotten about it. But oh, my God. Yeah, it's yeah. like
3: 128%.
1: So basically yeah. 10% a month prices are are going up wow. in uh, in Argentina. In fact, the news story we read about his Uh, win over the weekend this was last weekend when he won the primary was that the argentinian central bank devalued the currency another 20 percent apparently in response to him winning (laughs) it's like they they pulled Uh. the print button again or they pulled the print lever wait wait he won the the, oh we better print more (laughs) right Uh, maybe they feel like their time's running out and they're like Uh, all right right. we gotta take this thing for all it's worth
3: my interpretation of that is they went Oh, he's going to end the central bank. So that means this currency isn't even going to be around anymore. But wait a minute. So I'm going to get out of this currency while the getting's good.
1: You sound like you've done some research into this. I'll ask you a question I had earlier this week. Mm -hmm. Can he just end the central bank or wouldn't he need, presumably, the legislature's support on this? I don't know that much, actually. So what else have you learned about Javier Malay, uh, Picos Mountaineer, that you wanted to share with us here tonight? uh well well I, I suppose
3: we've really uh covered most of it honestly okay. is just uh i mean we have someone who like everything that i've ever heard out of this guy is something that i would expect from one of us to say mm. like well knowledge uh, uh like well-established knowledge that actually conforms with reality and predictive models of what happens when you do x to an economy uh calling things as they are he calls inflation
1: the the inflation tax yeah
3: right yeah the inflation tax i mean that mere concept alone Mm -hmm. if widely enough distributed that might be enough to bring down like uh, the
1: majority of the corruption and tyranny on earth today yeah, that is huge. Yeah, I got to give him a lot of credit for his communication method of getting it. And obviously it works, right, to come into a primary and snatch 30 percent of the boat, mm-hmm. which is obviously going to get him even more press coverage. It is, yeah. by the way, there's a lot mm-hmm. more coverage, not just, I'm sure, outside of, uh, as we've seen a lot outside of Argentina, but within Argentina as well. This guy came from behind and was a surprise win. Of course, all the polls, by the way, showed him losing. The primary or, you know, being the last place. Mm -hmm. And he instead was first place, defeating the major parties. And so um, I think somebody else pointed out that what could very well happen at the general election is no one gets to 50 percent or 40 percent or whatever the minimum is. And so then they knock out the third person uh, and then it goes off to the runoff between the top two. The question is then, and they they, pre- they predicted that the liberal party would get knocked out because they they lost the primary. They were the least vote getters, mm-hmm. so they might get knocked out. And then it becomes like, uh, you know, what do? Or maybe it was was it the liberals? I forget which one it was. But anyway, what does the other side do? Does the side that got knocked out of the primary decide to go with the libertarian guy, or do they stick? Do or they hold their nose presumably and go with the people that they hate? the most. right, right? Yeah, like, the, the
0: opposing know. party. The other,
1: the, yeah, so, the other side. I mean, by no means has this guy got it in the bag with 30%. It's yeah. not going to be enough. Uh, so there's a lot that's going to have to go down here in the next two months to really and again, get uh, him to win. I, I expect him to not win. Mm-hmm. Me too. And not
0: because I don't believe in the ideas of freedom, but because... I've seen what statism does and how it operates, right? Yeah, uh, and if, how the CIA operates. If, yeah, too. if if, if you think that if you think that mm-hmm. he's not going to get assassinated, or if there's not going to be some sort of uh, you know, oh, a voting error mm-hmm. or something that goes on, you know, some sort of tomfoolery, uh, you know, I, I've seen all of these things, and I expect them to be deployed to prevent him from winning, because that's the last thing statists want is somebody who wants to get rid of the organization known as government
1: yeah, well I, I expect them to be deployed i don't know if they'll succeed and i i did see him another comment i saw from him this week in order uh, asking to describe himself yep. he said he's an anarcho-capitalist in the long view and a minarchist in the short view mm-hmm. basically because right. he understands that you can't just delete the state overnight you have to sure. You know, cut it down to size. Yeah, first. it's like everyone that I talk to. Goes, oh my gosh! But if you end the state, like this will happen.
0: And it's like, well, that's only if you end the state, like yeah. tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's not a switch. You don't just turn it off. There has to be a dismantling process. But all that being said, even if this guy loses, mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about him,
3: yeah. right? Argentina's right. talking about him. You know, all of Europe's talking about him. They've had to restrict access to their website right. because of how many people yeah. are talking so, about this guy. You know, he was. Uh, in my opinion, that's a win. The thing for me with uh, with Argentina, though, is, I mean, obviously this is a, a, a response to them uh, having the over 100% inflation
1: rate. You mean the vote for Javier Malay? Yes, yes exactly. Response. Of course the, it is. Yeah, yeah people the, are hurting. Yeah, the
3: vote right? for Javier Malay, the sudden prominence of the Libertarian Party after such a short period of time. So. Since that's happening now here, I think that this is a sign of things to come. So, like, yeah, right now, they're Mm -hmm. sort of at the bottom of the pack. They have the the worst inflation. But, I mean, we are seeing the... Demolition of the entire global economic system right now, mm-hmm. and sure, it will probably take a lot of countries down before it takes the U.S. down. And in that process, we're going to see country after country after country who moves in the same direction as Argentina. Yeah, I see Argentina as sort of like Greece too, <laughs> not not the movie, uh,
0: <laughs> but Greece, the country, uh-huh. uh, where you know they're seeing things that resemble hyperinflation. Right. Uh, you know, the people are beginning to hurt. Uh, but didn't Greece just get a bailout from the EU? Uh, uh, yeah. But yeah. still, there there was a period of time where everything was just sort of up in the air and like people were hurting and, you know, wondering, yeah. you know, their paycheck could only buy something that day and they had to spend yeah. it yeah. before it was worthless tomorrow, that mm-hmm. kind of a thing. So uh, at least this time. Uh, at least someone, this Javier guy, is speaking up, right? And probably uh, vicariously a whole bunch of people who voted for him, at least in this primary, uh, are also you know, getting their voice heard. Uh, going back to Skeeter for just a moment, uh, all Skeeter's doing is using the violence of the state for his own personal benefit, mm. if what he says is true, right? Uh, that, that's all that he's doing. And that in and of itself is a violation of the NAP. The
3: non-aggression principle. Yeah, I I think he really illustrates the difference between the two approaches of life. So you can either attempt to impose your view on others, as Skeeter does. Now, with us, he, of course, doesn't have the violence to do it. I'm sure he would use that if he had the violence to do it, but instead of having a conversation and those are really your only two options yeah. you can either impose your view on others which can at least initially be done verbally where you go no no here's this is right this is right and you know use rhetoric to to sway them whether or not it's logically true mm-hmm. but eventually that always devolves into aggressive violence mm-hmm. in order to cause people to forcibly come around to your way of saying things Or you can have a conversation where we acknowledge the differences between our our narratives uh, and our perspectives and then hash out exactly what those differences are and why, which leads not only to the possibility of one of us changing our mind, but to us coming to new conclusions entirely that neither of us had before. I I spoke about growing up in the 80s, and one of the things that I remember about that
0: was there was this uh, repetitive narrative uh, somebody would be wronged in some sort of way and then somebody would get some press about it and then that somebody would get some assistance from you know some sort of an organization, a uh, political organization and they would uh, you know write up some sort of a, a law and then it would get named after whatever the tragedy was that happened to that person mm-hmm. and then they'd get more press and that would be hailed as a success story right when in fact, Uh, And this is repeated in several different ways, and it's still being repeated today, uh, just in different ways in many different states and and the United States as well. Uh, It's still happening. But essentially what that is is what you described. It's somebody who isn't willing or able to provide the violence themselves, outsourcing that to the government Mm -hmm. to force
1: their opinion on other
0: people. Right.
1: Javier Malay, interviewed by Bloomberg, uh, it's in a Spanish language, but they do have a uh, a guy here who's doing the vocal translation for us. And And one of the questions we had about Javier and his plan to yeah. abolish the central bank was, is he going to need the Congress, or their equivalent of that, uh, what they call the deputies mm-hmm. i think uh they're in argentina yeah, chamber of deputies is he going to need them to do it and the answer is yes he is going to uh presuming he's elected the president mm-hmm. which we won't know for another couple months uh, but presuming he's elected he will come to office with a bill in hand and like the first thing he does is going to be handing down a bill to the deputies and say look here's the bill that i want to see passed to abolish the central bank you guys do your thing El Salvador had their own central bank. They had their own uh, central currency, and that is gone now. Yeah. So it can occur, and the countries that do do this are better off economically than than otherwise. Yeah, they're, so, they're,
0: with El Salvador, and I don't know what the status is right now, uh, but it seems to me that there was a, a brief period of pain, a learning curve, if you will, mm-hmm. for them, and then it all just settled down, and now it's fine.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say things are fine in El Salvador, well, but I'd m- say well, for more Salvador, fine than they were previously. They're economically they're better off, right. Than they economically, were. economically they're better off. Criminally, they're better off. I mean, they- well, that's what I wanted to talk about next was what the uh, the dictator in El Salvador has done over there with the criminal situation because the the question that uh, Malay is being or is going to be asked here next in this Bloomberg. Uh, interview is about crime Mm -hmm. because when you have a terrible economy you have poor people and when you have Mm -hmm. poor people you have desperate people and when you have desperate people you've got people getting robbed in the streets in broad daylight Mm -hmm. okay uh i'm just uh, i'm extrapolating that i have not done research on argentina and their situation with crime but knowing how things have gone in other countries in similar circumstances venezuela for instance uh, where if you walk down the street with your phone in your hand, somebody's going to snatch it out of your hand, right? Like you, there's all kinds of daylight robberies going on in, in these very, very poor places. And so he does get asked this question, and I'm going to go ahead and give him uh, the opportunity to answer it here.
4: We want to make a serious fiscal adjustment.
1: Okay, here it comes. Let me ask you about the crime problem, because it is a very important issue in the campaign in Argentina, but also in some other Latin American countries.
4: What is your plan? To begin with, the area of security and defense will be under the supervision of Victoria Viceruel. She's the specialist in these matters. The most important problems in Argentina, either in the economy or in terms of inflation and growth or insecurity, she will have direct influence over two ministries, the Ministry of Internal Security and the Ministry of National Defense. What we are promoting there is to change the way of looking at the problems. There is a new doctrine in terms of security, which is that he who does it pays for it.
1: Okay, so he's going to get a little bit more into it, but that is the basic concept. It sounds like, and the interviewer just kind of moves on after this. He's got a few more sentences, which I'll play, but it sounds like he's talking about restitution here. It Mm. sounds like he's changing. He's talking about changing from a punitive system to Mm. a system of restitution. And tell me if you feel the same way after you, you know, he who does it pays for it, right? right? Normally... In the crime and punishment system that we have and most countries around the world have, mm-hmm. it's the taxpayers who pay for it, right? right? The taxpayers, he who does it, if they get caught, if that person gets caught, goes into a prison cell that yep. then the taxpayers, including the victim mm-hmm. of that individual, are then forced to pay thirty, forty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 a year or whatever it is in your state. To keep that person housed for X number of years. Right. So in that case the victim is victimized twice. First by the criminal, second by the criminal gang known as the government that forces the
4: victim to pay for the criminal uh, and keep them alive in the cell. So let's go on. Here's what he says. What is called here Zafarinism which reverses the position and considers that the victim is the victimizer and vice versa is over. For us the victim is the victim and the victimizer has to pay. Criminals pay the penalties for what they do. That implies a reform of the internal security system or a reform of the national defense law, the intelligence law, the law that has to do with the penal code and what has to do with the prison system in such a way that whoever does it actually pays for it. We all see politicians
0: here in the United States, Donald Trump and Barack Obama and Biden, and they're reading from teleprompters and you can tell they've been coached and they have this sort of pseudo monotone voice going on. Right They never speak off the cuff
3: they, they, they rarely you know. yeah. Yeah, they speak like politicians there's right. a very very particular way of speaking it's a little bit hypnotic and it's particular to politicians yeah and if you watch uh Millet speak
0: even in a translated video just watch his expression watch watch the movement of his mouth mm-hmm. uh, and that kind of a thing and you can see he's not reading from anything he's speaking from the heart from the yeah. heart or at yeah. least from his mind right. and he's speaking with great passion now i mean it can be said that some of the, the greatest crimes of states have been caused by passionate speaking fellows and that's certainly true but i would prefer to see somebody able to speak off the cuff particularly about freedom yeah
1: and uh, economics and, and economics
0: then to have oh well you know i'm reading off the teleprompter and i'm pointing my thumb in your direction because my we aids all- tell us that this is the least right.
1: offensive way to point at the screen say all of the things that the polling has shown that we should say so right. we can get the most votes uh is what politicians tend to do so i want to talk more about javier malay what yeah. he's talking about with criminal reform because he's Obviously as you're running for president, there's a lot more problems than just the central bank. There are all kinds of issues. And, uh, before uh, I get is one completely
3: of off of that, I just wanted to put one more thought out there that with every single country that, that ends their central bank, so if we end up in a situation where there is this like global central bank digital currency system mm-hmm. that's running, every country that doesn't have a central bank is going to be a hole in that system. Yeah. That's and it's true. going to be that much more difficult
1: to implement that level of control. Visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. I just played a clip for you guys during the break because I'd asked you, Captain, if you'd seen any of the video from El Salvador. This was published five or six months ago. It's published. It was actually published by the government of El Salvador, by uh, Nayib Bukele, who is this Sort of backwards hat wearing dictator uh, down there. He's a president, but he apparently has been planning on running for another presidential term, which would be against the Constitution, but he's going to do it anyway because he stacked the court and there's like all this, you know, kind of corruption going on down there. Um, He plays it off. He plays himself off as this like cool Bitcoin guy and he's the cool dictator guy. You want to be on his good side because if you're not, he'll send his thugs after you and do who knows what. So what they've been doing is they've been rounding up thousands and thousands and thousands of people and putting them into a prison. And you saw some of the prison in this footage. It is a brand new uh, facility designed to hold 40,000 people. That's like, I I' not even know. That's the population of a small city. Y- yeah, for sure. It is a, and, and by the way, it's not going to be 40,000, like two to a cell. Okay. This is going to be like 10 guys in a. In a cell for four, right? Right. They're going to be packing them in and are packing them in like sardines into this prison. So this is being touted. And Piklis, I don't know how familiar you are with this because you kind of made reference to some of the successes of some of these other countries like El Salvador. And this is being touted as a big success. A lot of conservative-leaning people, the tough-on-crime types. Not to say that Democrats don't do that, too. They do that as yeah. well. But you tend to hear it more from the conservative types. We're well, we
3: going to get tough on crime. Well, and what I think is happening is that the change in in the monetary system and, and the change in the wealth of that country is what's actually doing most of the bringing down of crime. And well, that's what not he's, what he's saying. That is not what he's okay. saying. He's saying that his draconian tyrannical maneuvers are what's really bringing down the crime because it's all gangs and by just arresting everyone who looks like they're in a gang we have solved the problem and what's what i think is really happening is just that people aren't so desperate that they're engaging in as much crime
0: yeah there's there's people need to realize that politicians often take credit for things that they had they no do. hand in doing they had no they put no effort into they spent no time on they they put no capital towards they put no effort into
1: uh, at all but man when it's time to take credit pff, there they are well mm-hmm. I, I i would love to believe what you're saying peakless mountaineer about the economic circumstances having improved over there but keep in mind that from the time when el salvador adopted bitcoin as a uh, quote unquote legal tender it has gone down in price pretty significantly. It was like you know forty, fifty thousand dollars at the time when that happened. They was bought a really? bunch of it. I mm-hmm. If I recall correctly, it was somewhere in that range. And of course, it is now less than thirty thousand yeah. dollars. So at least from the government's perspective, which they did take taxpayer money and they bought thousands or something, hundreds or thousands of Bitcoin over the last you know couple of years. And so far, at least on the price of Bitcoin, that hasn't really worked out for them. When you actually get and into this... I expect the...
3: that they're still buying. Are they are. They are. Right. Uh, peso dollar
1: or peso cost averaging? But when... They, they have the dollar there. Uh, <laughs> okay. But when uh, when you go and you actually talk to the people of El Salvador and you find out, all right, what's really happening with the Bitcoin situation down there? Are businesses taking Bitcoin? Is anyone spending? Are you using Bitcoin? And you can actually go and talk to people and, and at least from the limited amount of media that i've seen on this particular topic it doesn't appear that this has taken off in any way shape or form so i don't think that you can say and i don't know if this is oh, what you were saying oh what i'm
3: saying is that this has generated an enormous amount of buzz in yep. a very wealthy community of people who love bitcoin and so they're visiting their exactly true. exactly so i think this has cranked ...up the tourism. I think that's... So you have a tremendous amount of money uh, moving from not only the United States but around the world of the sure. very rich uh, uh, Bitcoin billionaires moving there, putting their money into Argentina, spending it uh, as any tourist would, and that has put so much wealth into the country that even though it hasn't really changed how the ordinary person is doing their uh, their moves, it's put so much money into it that it's made people much less desperate. I hope that is true.
5: I've been listening to you for a long time. This is Bobby from Florida. Um, hey, Bobby. I was wondering before we get to our, uh, uh, do you have that website where Aria has to for her um, for the letters and for the um, uh, and for the commentary?
1: Sure. You're referring to our co-host Aria Demezzo, who is currently in prison uh, in the United States in what they call a prison camping of which, uh, in the federal system in Massachusetts, she is uh, is now coming up on not quite seven or eight weeks but getting close almost two months uh and one week it'll be two months for her in there and a 18 month sentence and she would love to receive letters from you or anybody else who's listening you can go to her website aria that's a-r-i-a-d-i-m-e-z-z-o dot com i'm told the information is also at thecrypto6.com but i have not verified that personally it's definitely up at ariademezzo.com. There's an address there. That's where I got it from. So. Yeah, there's information about how to contribute to her uh, commissary account, should you wish to do that as well. How to write her letter, send yes. her a book,
0: you know, that kind of stuff.
1: Yep, and she has been getting uh, donations and books, and uh, she's doing as well as can be in there, unfortunately, due to... I don't even know how to explain it. She's not in the in a place where she feels like she wants to call into the show to talk about... Uh, what's been happening. She doesn't want to put herself in any more, you know, potential jeopardy from the Bureau of Prisons, uh, who are are her captors. And, uh, but that said, she is communicating on a regular basis. Uh, Bonnie and I typically get emails from her every day or every other day. Amazing. Okay. Okay.
5: I got that down now. Also, you know, um, I just, uh, I've loved this show, especially, you know, the past 10 years and the free, the freeness of being able to call and say whatever you want. And over the years, you know, you've uh, taught me a lot of things and and, you know, it's really amazing to see somebody that's true to, you know, what they believe. You know, um, there's not very many people out there that are like that and watch them. And you see a lot of these, like, rappers, and they're fake rappers. But every now and then there's a real one. You know, and there's a lot of people that talk the game and they don't do it. But Ian proved that no matter thick or thin, whatever you want to think about all the drama, that's that's that, that's that respect, brother. And so that's cool, man. I like that. Um, Thank also, you for that, what um, I was... Yeah, and you know the they, the government intrusion we were talking about a little bit earlier, they 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 have gotten so bad. So like when I you know when I was wanting to get on my feet a little bit, I had a buddy and his grandpa had a zero turn mower. And um, uh, anyway, so I had the idea, you know, let's let's just start a little, you know, mowing business. We'll get some, get started. and We can get some, you know, better stuff. And so we started doing that around the neighborhood and you know they had you know professional guys that did it you know you know crews and stuff but mm. we were coming and asking how they were paying to do it and then we we're cutting everything in half
1: and, and how old were you when you did six? this I'm sorry
5: I'm uh, about 22 23 22. Okay. yeah and uh, and we got up to about five or six lawns you know we weren't making a whole lot but we were bringing in you know a few hundreds here you know and uh, okay. it was just starting to pick up and we were actually taking over but um, one day we were out working, and then this, uh, it was an SUV, uh, county code enforcement came out, and they pulled us out, and uh, they had all this write up, and they had all kinds of, uh, I don't know, legal work. And they said that we had to stop and cease. Um, uh, Good uh, Lord. Deductions. You need a license yeah, yeah. to
1: cut somebody's lawn. Yeah. Ridiculous. I mean, yeah. It, yeah. The free um, state of Florida. Florida. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know,
5: I don't know. You think? I think you know one of those guys. You know those companies. They probably knew that we were cutting in on their business. Uh, you better believe they
1: enforced, did. They found yeah. out. They they lost a client. What what happened was they lost a client to you, and they called that client. And they said, "What what do we do? What can we do to get your business back?" And they're like, "Well, these kids are charging me half of what you guys were. I don't think you can get my business back." And they said, "Oh yeah." And they called the the code enforcement. The thugs. When you call the cops on somebody
0: else for doing something that you don't like, even though they haven't harmed anybody. Something peaceful. if, If they haven't harmed anybody or caused any property damage, and you call the police or you call the government or you get government involved in some way, you are being violent you're just outsourcing that to a third party yeah you're having some thugs do your bidding right you don't think you're being violent because you're like well i didn't raise a fist or i I'm, didn't point a gun or i'm just calling in the authorities right. to make things the way they should be right so this goes for individuals whether it's like a like a family court situation where some family sees you know some parents you know treating a kid in some way that they don't find favorable Uh, And they call, you know, child protection services or jilted lover or something along those lines Mm -hmm. Uh, or uh, even within the corporate world. Right. Because we know uh, within the United States, corporations are created by government. They're they're legal fiction. Right. So they have to follow the rules which government creates for them. And so if that corporation decides to get authorities involved when they're trying to compete with another corporation, they themselves are being violent. And they're just outsourcing their violence to the third party, which in this case is government.
1: Oh, I'm going to play uh, devil's advocate. I'm going to play the uh, the person who's making the phone call, the business who is feeling as though they are being taken advantage of here. Yeah. So the way they might be feeling is, well, look, th- these violent people were going to hurt me unless I got their permission slip. So I got their permission slip years ago i've been in business i'm an honest businessman and now these kids come in here and they start cutting people's lawns without asking for their permission slip so they're able to undercut my prices because they didn't have all the overhead of having to jump through all the government hoops or whatever so look i just want an even playing field that's the reason why i had to call these people because if i was abused by the system these guys should be abused by the system too yeah, well, abusers then turn into the abusers or the
0: abused turn it's, into the abusers.
3: Yeah, it's the identical argument of, well, my dad beat the crap out of me, so I'm going to beat the crap out of you too. Yep, this is how I learned, son. So, <laughs> I'm sorry, but you're welcome.
0: <laughs> right? right? You know, here's a beating, you know. Like, no, that's, that's 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 not how you that's not how you bring about change. That's not how you bring about peaceful interaction, voluntary cooperation. Uh, you do not use violence
1: to get your way. Well isn't it interesting that so many of these conservatives who on one hand claim that they believe in free markets also actually believe you you know you judge somebody based on their actions not what they say, right? Well, what their action is, is they want to use the violence of the state to crack down on businesses they don't agree with, like right. drug dealing, for instance. And so that's why we have all these conservative types that are just salivating in love with what's going on in El Salvador. I mean, there's just real quick, I was trying to find the uh, Bukele video, which is near to impossible because the guy tweets probably more more often than uh, <laughs> Donald Trump. <laughs> But, you know, so to actually go back in time six months and find him posting the original propaganda video of uh, the thousands of quote unquote gang members, accused gang members who don't even get a day in court and no semblance to any kind of due process whatsoever and just locking them up. And the first thing that comes up when I search for his name is some chick, uh, Kingsley Cortez, who is apparently appearing on the Timcast show, very conservative leaning kind of uh, internet program where she says, El Salvador's president, Nayib Bukele, is a hero! Law and order, she writes in all caps. So oh. the conservatives really love it when people get arrested with no semblance of any kind of due process, with no respecting of any kind of right to uh, public appearance or uh, you know being able to talk to your accuser. Conservatives have fully accepted
3: that there be one gang. They're okay with mm-hmm. there being one gang that gets to do as much evil as it wants. Well, as long as, as they're running as much violence it. as it wants. I mean they'd prefer to run yeah, it. Yeah. But I mean if you ask most conservatives, I mean they'd rather there be a government under their enemies than no government at all. Yeah, they probably would say that. Right. Yeah. So the problem is not with, with justice, it's not with corruption, it's competition. These conservatives are very, very much against competition, and especially competition in violence. So what a gang is doing is they are competing with the monopoly on violence. That's what gangs do. And what you see happening to Donald Trump in uh, Georgia is they're saying, you can't compete with us on corruption. Mm. We have a system of corruption. You are not allowed to do a different one. You're not allowed to compete with us on this corruption. And, I mean, it makes sense, because if you, if you look at all of the things he's been charged with, it always has everything to do with maintaining the system of corruption as it stands. Like, what did he get charged with the first time? I think it was the first time. was, oh, well, you cut into our corruption with Ukraine. You said you weren't going to give them all this money. Now, he did give them all this money, and he didn't get what he wanted, but he threatened to slow down the bribery system. Well, we can't have that happen, so we're going to drag you into court over that. I mean, that's how how all of our all of our uh, campaign contributions
1: are getting paid out. I thought the first thing was uh, the payouts to the porn girl. The porn oh, was star. that one first. I think that was first. That was New York, mm. and then there was two federal indictments for other things. And I I haven't been even following it that yeah, closely, either. honestly. Uh, but if you want to comment, well, and, you're welcome to. And okay, so that right there is hey,
3: you are not in the club. You're not no, maintaining no. the decorum of the office. They, they are and out to get him. failing to maintain the decorum of the office, you're threatening the whole scam. <laughs> I, if I d- people, If people don't believe that presidents are better than them, mm-hmm. then they'll realize that we're human.
0: I, I'm not defending Donald Trump in any way. What I want to say is play stupid games, win stupid prizes. True. Donald Trump chose to play the stupid game, which is to become... A politician.
1: uh, And now he's winning the stupid prizes. So to come back to what you were saying about the gangs and how the federal government or state government, whatever government gang we're talking about, because there are different levels of this uh, multi-tiered gang system, but uh, they are the one true gang over any given geographic territory calling itself the United States. And so any other gang is a competitor, a potential competitor. Even though they have essentially, by making products like drugs illegal, have carved out an um, exclusive marketplace Mm -hmm. for those gangs to, uh, to operate, they do want to stop them because, well... Prison system, I guess. Well, and it, and that's it the looks thing. good
3: for them to do it. Uh, That—that's exactly the difference. There is that. Okay, so for a government gang, all of their money from drugs is coming from the pharmaceutical corporations, mm-hmm. and those pharmaceutical corporations pay quite a pretty penny to make sure that they have as little competition as possible. Shut Fact. up. Right. So all of these things that might make you feel better or alleviate your symptoms or any of that, no, no, no. Cut those down. Chop those right They might off. cure
1: you in some cases.
3: They might even yeah. cure you. Do you realize the kind of money we would be losing at Pfizer if you were cured?
1: Yep. That's a great point. Yeah. The
0: uh, the heavily regulated medical industry is not a healthcare system. It is a disease management system. That does not want to cure you. It wants to
1: create subscribers. I think you make a really good point that the war on drugs, some drugs, the criminalized ones, right. is essentially to backstop the pharmaceutical industrial complex and, right. and support yeah, them. and
3: And that's the thing. You just have two different gangs of different sizes, I'll grant you, mm-hmm. with different policies on drugs. So the big gang says they will get their money from the big drugs and will not allow competition with those big drug systems. The small gang says we will allow and even facilitate you acquiring these other
1: drugs that are not through the big drug system mm-hmm. and take significant risk and of course on the other side the uh the government gets to benefit in a couple of other ways from this war on drugs and this ensuing crackdowns as we're seeing in el salvador and honduras which are, are going to the extreme and conservatives are salivating over it it is a, it's a big PR stunt for them to go hard against these drug, drug people, uh, to crack down and to make mass arrests and to make massively violent arrests and treat these people poorly. This is a big PR thing for them. They're getting a lot of PR mileage out of this. So that's something else. And it gives them the excuse— to crack down on everyone, as you're going to hear about in Honduras. So let me jump in from the Daily Star. Their government recently announced a grisly gang crackdown following the slaughter of 46 women prisoners by street gangs last week. The nation's armed forces has announced the initiation of, quote, Operation Faith and Hope in order to, quote, regain control of the prisons because that's how... Uh, wild things are in some of these well, I'm confused countries.
0: as to how gang members slaughtered
1: 46 prisoners. They are running the prisons. We have Dana on the line in Michigan listening to WTKG. Go ahead, Dana. Okay, so
6: guys, Captain, I'm going to leave you out of this particular conversation because I didn't hear anything from you, but this is for you, Ian, and, um, and um, P-Plus. So here's the thing, Um, for six weeks in a row, this is about um, the topic before break about um, lockdowns and drug use and blah, blah, blah. So Mm -hmm. here's the thing, though, for six weeks in a row, six Saturdays, you guys have brought up conservatives, bashed them, made statements that are, I don't know what people are IDing themselves as conservatives that you guys know or you're just making things up out of whole because you keep bashing and bashing them and most of what you're saying in fact is not true. Pick one. Or maybe. Pick or one maybe, thing that's not true. Or maybe anecdotal.
1: Pick and one thing. Let's what, talk about it.
6: Okay. And I will, And but let me just finish this one sentence. So two things are going to happen. One. If you're an introduction if you're the only libertarian show or libertarians that someone runs into physically or hears you on the radio because you're you know on stations all across country mm-hmm. so this is gonna leave a really bad taste in their mouth number two we're just telling anybody, the truth as we see it so
1: please let's fo- no, no, before you get to number two let's focus on the thing you started by saying which is that then we're giving misinformation. Hang up Huh?
6: And you're gonna hang up and we're never gonna to get to know. I'm two. not gonna hang up necessarily two, if it's an
1: interesting conversation. I wanna hear two, from you.
6: You better watch what side of the line you're putting your foot on because I'm gonna tell you Sounds those like people on the left, not the blue dog democrats, but those on the left, those progressives, they are Marxists.
1: Madam, oh, I said God. specifically tonight that the uh, the Democrats and the leftists also push the war on drugs.
2: You
6: did, you yeah.
1: did, yeah. You this, so, so a I mean, it's it's no, it's fair you for you. hold that. on, hold on, hold on. You've
3: said a lot of things I haven't had a chance to say anything. Let me just let me explain why we go after currently the the right of the political spectrum. So at the moment, there is no one who is mistaking the left of the political spectrum for libertarians. Now 20 years ago that wasn't the case. 20 years ago, the you could have mistaken the uh, the anarchist the or voluntarist left. or yeah. what have you. Like you could have mistaken us for the left because we were so darned anti-war and at the time so was so was the left.
1: Sure, we've been called communists on this very show by right. callers. Right. right. I right, mean, t- heard like
3: it. tonight, uh, Javier Mele gots, uh, gets called a far-right presidential candidate when he's very clearly a libertarian presidential candidate. So that's why it is so important for us to distinguish the difference between conservative and libertarian is because right now we are being mistaken for each other.
6: But it's the tone that irritates me the most. It's almost like when you say the C word, conservative, It's like the the drool is dripping. Well, you know what irritates me
1: is when conservatives are advocating for putting peaceful people behind bars for doing peaceful things. That really upsets me, and I think they should stop. So,
6: Okay, uh, regarding the drug thing, you can do what you want in the privacy of your home, hotel, trailer park, whatever. I got a problem. You see, we've got rights. The Constitution says we've got rights as long as your rights don't impinge on mine. And when your crazy self, not you specifically Ian, but when these, someone puts themselves in a car or does something stupid and then it puts me in danger, I got a problem with that.
1: Mm. Well, you're being very rational in this particular case, Dana, and I agree with you. If somebody is putting you in danger, then that is absolutely something that needs to be stopped, right? Like if there's somebody who's, you right. know, you know putting—if is if they're breaking into your home, if they're driving a car while they're drunk or whatever, I think everyone would agree those are dangerous acts and something ought to be done about them, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about the conservatives and the leftists who both agree— that there should be a full-on war on drugs. In fact, uh, the uh, Ron DeSantis character was just in the news in some, I don't know, town hall or wherever, where he was talking about murdering the people who are trying to bring fentanyl over the border and just leaving them there in the dirt uh, to die. So we're not even just talking about uh, loss of you know uh, due well, process or whatever. We're talking about just it's straight-up so- murder.
6: Okay, so it's okay— for them to lace all the different drugs that you think are pure, like back in the '60s, before my time, your time, when pot was 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 clean, that there was a belief anything that grew from the ground is okay. But there not with the conservatives.
1: There's stuff. not. They've been uh, they've been prosecuting a war on marijuana for decades. I know.
6: I know. I know, and I understand that. But now they're lacing it. They're putting it in everything. There's no laced marijuana out there. It's a myth. No, actually it's not. Have you ever bought any? You know, the most effective way of
3: avoiding laced drugs is to legalize them so they can be tested. Right. This is another point. And 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 the fact that people are all
1: crazy about fentanyl means they're missing the point because fentanyl would not be a thing if it were not for the war on drugs, preventing people from just going down to the Walgreens and getting themselves a bottle full of heroin like they used to be able to do a hundred something years ago. You could be a 10 year old kid, walk into the nearest drug mart and walk out with a huge bottle of heroin for 10 cents and no one would bat an eye at it
6: and i understand that but then well then you're different you know what, from finish? most conservatives no, no, if you listen, understand that dana let me finish let me finish that sentence i understand that ian but now you're bringing the government back in because they're going to regulate it and no, they're am not tax that
1: i am not bringing the government back in
6: how is the government going to not ta- here's the thing guys i want you to Seriously. Do you think Dana? This is not. Let me finish. This is you not never one finish of my regular calls. This is, no, you guys have the floor for three hours. Let we have to ask you it. questions we if you're going to keep
1: on talking and talking. We have to stop you and ask you we questions need. about the things that are we coming need. out of your mouth.
6: Okay, what we need to do is we need to have a kumbaya moment. We need to hold hands because it's not you vis-a-vis the conservatives, vis-a-vis the liberals. There are no liberals. There are no more blue dog Democrats because they eat their own. And there's a gazillion examples of that. We need to start holding hands and find out what we have in common than these differences. And like people like... I don't disagree with you, you Dana.
1: And I'm happy to work on... I'm going to put you on hold here. I'm happy to work with conservatives on the area in which I agree with them.